Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of Eclectic Full Contact Theater's splendid satirical saunter down memory lane to those thrilling days of yesteryear, Throwing Shade. Remember, if you love the adventures of the Shade and the Vamp, head over to Patreon at www.patreon.com EFCT and become a subscriber for all sorts of exclusive Shade rewards. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy eclectic full-contact theater's throwing shade. There is a darkness in the minds of men. A darkness in their hearts. A darkness in a room with no lights. And who knows that darkness? The shade knows. By day. Theodore Rockwell is a go-get'em reporter for the Chicago Gazette Times Herald, but by night he becomes The Shade. Using his uncanny ability to wear dark clothing, he, assisted by his girl Friday, Wednesday morning, who is the mysterious female vigilante, the vamp, defends the downtrodden and fights the forces of evil. But can one man defend the innocent from the scourge of Chicago's underbelly? Why is it referred to as the underbelly? It's not like it's lower than the rest of the city. And it's usually called the dark underbelly. When, let's face it, underbellies are usually pale. I'm sorry, folks. I've been reading a lot of National Geographic. Anyway... Find out on this week's incredible season finale, Throwing Shade, Rules of Engagement. And we are finishing this season on a high, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, Throwing Shade is sponsored by Manko Flakes, the completely average breakfast cereal from Generic Mills. Manko Flakes, they're green. Also brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater, bringing you high-quality 1930s radio-style satire since... Can you believe it? This is our 26th week! It's been half a year, everyone! We've come so far, I think I'm tearing up a little. Last week on Throwing Shade... Story of my life. And now... On to our story. Act 3, Scene 1. Pedal, pedal, parents meddle. The threads get tangled, like a drunken spider. As Theo's mother and Wednesday's father attempted to dominate the conversation, Theo regained consciousness. Wednesday, I just had the craziest dream. I dreamt my mother and your father both came to Chicago. Um. Theo? And Wally, you were there! And Wednesday, you were there! Theo? And Colonel Morning, you were there! And... Ma, you were... And he's fainted again. He's done that since he was a child! Anytime he gets too excited, boom, out like a light! So he's always been yellow. That is my darling baby boy you are disparaging, and I will not have it, whoever you are. You've got the baby part right. I think he's sucking his thumb. Dad! Golda, this is my father, Colonel Sanders Morning. Your father, hmm? I see where you get your charm and femininity. 
Boxing Day. Listen, lady. Dad, this is Golda Rockwell, Theo's mother. I see where he gets his masculinity from. I'll have you know my Weddy could run rings around this dishrag you call a son. Weddy? He calls you that and you have problems with what I call you? It's a long story. You see... I'm sorry, I no way meant to imply that I wanted to hear it. I'm far more involved with yelling at this Shlemiel. Of course, she could run rings around Theo. He was taught to use his brains, not emulate beasts of burden like your daughter. Taught to use his brains, huh? When's he gonna start? Can I go now? I'm not sure. At that moment, Theo once again came to... Wednesday! You won't believe it! I just had the strangest dream! Theo? Yes? Wednesday pointed in the direction of Golda and the Colonel, eyes locked in a battle of wills. Ah, nights. Theo started to slip back into blissful unconsciousness, but Wednesday pulled him to his feet. Ah, no you don't! You have to stay awake and help fix this. I'll do my best. Ma, please! Very calmly and succinctly, tell me why you're here. Calm? Calm? You expect a mother to stay calm in a situation like this? How do I stay calm when my only son... Again, I have three brothers. Boy, do you ever. ...is about to make the biggest mistake of his life. Who would be calm at a time like that, I ask you? So much for calmly and succinctly. For her, that's pretty straightforward. What mistake, Ma? What mistake do you think I'm going to make? What mistake, he asks. As if it isn't obvious. As if it isn't announcing itself like Rudy Valley through the megaphone. Okay, now she's going a little off the rails. I am here, Theodore, to keep you from marrying Flag Day over there. What? What? I didn't know you two were engaged. So many things now make sense. Congratulations! Wrong response? Ma, Wednesday and I are not getting married. We're not even dating. A mother knows. I caught you two canoodling at Hanukkah, remember? Ma, for the last time. She caught you what? Can noodling. We were canning noodles, you know, for the winter. That is not. Ma, this is a very large man who has the ability to break me at least seven different ways using only his thumbs. So ixnay on the anoodling K. Fine, but mark my words, Theodore, no good will come of this romance. There is no romance, says the girl I caught picking up a marriage license. We were not picking up... Wait, is that why you're here too? Because you think there's something between us. The more I thought about it, the more I knew there had to be. No woman passes up a coal miner with both lungs. That is pretty much akin to a unicorn, I must admit. So yes, I've come here to put a stop to this relationship. This human chew toy isn't good enough for my wedding. Oh, this relationship is being ended. But because your pack mule of a daughter isn't good enough for my Theodore. Might I suggest we find anywhere else to be, Miss Morning? An excellent idea, Mr. Rockwell. Wally, you come too, it's safer. Theo and Wednesday started silently for the door, but then they noticed... Wait, where's Wally? I thought he was right behind us. The two looked back to see Wally Winchell, as if in a daze, approaching Colonel Morning. Wally, what are you doing? Get back here! 
Don't do it, Wally. You have so much to live for. That voice. You've got a lot of sand telling me my daughter isn't good enough for a guy who faints at the sight of his own mother. Wally Winchell reached out, grabbed Colonel Sanders' arm, and spun him around. Did he just... He did. You! I'm gonna faint. Don't you dare! What are you doing putting hands on me, boy? You... You're the one that followed me, grabbed me, tied me up in that warehouse, and grilled me! About them! What? You know, just when I think I knew what's about to happen. Yes, it was me. And he confirmed my suspicions. He told me you two were an item. I said no such thing! He strongly implied it. Yes, okay, that I did do. Wally! What? You're always together! And that way you bicker and you have those annoying inside jokes. You may as well be married. What did I say? Canoodling. Not helping, Ma. I am putting my foot down, Wetty. You are forbidden to have a relationship with this... person. Wednesday morning was silent as she looked around the room. Then, just as silently, she walked out the door. I should go after her. Well, now look what you've done. I didn't. What a mess. This is why you always leave the meddling to the mothers. Act 3, Scene 2. The Mayor, the Accountant, and the Wardrobe. I really can't describe it. The next morning found a great number of people searching. Theo was searching for Wednesday. Wednesday? You home? We should talk. Hello? The colonel was also in search of Wednesday. You have one more chance. Where is she? I swear, I don't know! And shortly thereafter, Wally was in search of a new job. Lighthouse Keeper? How delightfully... solitary. While Golda was in search of her heart's desire. Why can I not get a decent bagel in the nearest city? But the most desperate search of all was underway at City Hall. Mayor? Mr. Mayor? It's me, Nathan Sniveling. Are you in there? Mayor Crane? Hello? Where are you? Come out, come out, wherever you are. What was that? Oh, I've, I've read about this. The place is haunted. It's a poltergeist. I have to get out of here. Nathan turned to run when... Nathan. Oh no, it knows my name. I have to pretend I'm not here. I must be silent until it goes away. Nathan! Nathan Sniveling! It's Sniveling! Oh, curses! Nathan, help me! Where are you? Who are you? 
Nathan made his way slowly toward what he thought was the source of the sound, a large wardrobe in the corner of the office. Tell me who you are. Speak! It's me, Nathan! Mayor Crane! I seem to have locked myself in the wardrobe. Could you get the key? It's in the upper left drawer of my desk. But how? Key first, Nathan. Questions later. (laughs) Of course. Mr. Mayor, the drawer is locked. That's all right, Nathan. I always carry the key in my pocket. (laughs) Oh, dear. Don't worry, Mayor Crane. I can help. Nathan Sniveling took a letter opener from the mayor's desk, and with a surprising amount of dexterity, picked the lock and freed the embarrassed Mayor Crane from the wardrobe. Thank you, Nathan. But where did you learn to do that? I would tell you, Mayor Crane, but those records are sealed. But why were you in the wardrobe? I was hiding. Hiding? From who? Uh, Whom? Who's whom? Nobody. Then why were you hiding from him? No, 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 no. Whom's not a him? I see. Why were you hiding from her? Look, never mind about whom. I was hiding from the press. But you love the press. Normally, yes. But ever since that incident with Eugene Gomper's Crookshank, the press have been implying I was behind it. I can't show my face in public without being mobbed by reporters. Were you behind it? What? Of course not. It was all just a horrible coincidence. I'm glad to hear that. As the accountant for the city, I would hate to have to pay out a large settlement to a political opponent and police chief Cannoli, who is, by the way, very upset about his dog. I know. I've been hiding from him, too. Whenever he gets upset, he's even less understandable than usual. You have to make a statement. I can't. I've been hearing about these strange occurrences where people are made to look foolish, and I just know that if I go out in public and make a statement, the same type of thing will happen to me, and I'll look ridiculous. I understand. Definitely better to hide in a closet. Wardrobe. Whatever. Mr. Mayor, you have to make a statement. The longer you're silent, the worse these rumors will get, and that will end up costing. I know, Nathan, but my mind is so agitated, I can't even think straight. I know what you need, Mayor Crane. Manco flakes. Manco flakes? Yes, they can calm you down and help you think straight. Is that so? Absolutely. It's impossible to get agitated while eating a cereal that's indistinguishable in taste from the box it comes in. Eat manco flakes, because a blank mind is an open mind. Maybe I will do that. After all, I can't hide in a wardrobe forever. (laughs) Mayor Crane! Mayor Crane, I want to talk to you! Oh no, cannoli... Mr. Mayor! Oh, Mr. Sniveling! It's Sniveling. Well, I'm sure that'll clear up soon. Is the mayor here? I haven't seen him. I want to talk to him about what happened to Pardles. Well, 
Come with me, and I'll help you find him. Thank you. I just want to tell him how sorry I was that I didn't do a better job on the security, but I'll make it up to him. I'm sure he'll be happy to hear that. Hello? Nathan? Cannoli? Hello? Seem to have locked myself in again. Hello? Oh, nuts. Act 3, Scene 3. Love All. Trina makes a move. Wally gets a break. Meanwhile, Theodore Rockwell had returned to the Chicago Gazette Times Herald to see if Wednesday had showed up there. Instead, he found... Theo, hello. Trina Love. (laughs) Trina, hi. Have you seen Wednesday? Every week, right there on the calendar. First off, I acknowledge the joke, but I mean Wednesday morning, my partner. Oh, her. No, but guess what, Theo, sweetie? Sweetie? Who is this woman? I was talking to Mr. Clemens, and he said he'd assign me to be your typist permanently. Isn't that wonderful? What? But Wednesday... Just think of it. You and I working so... closely. Close is nice. So why don't we celebrate over a nice long lunch? Lunch is nice. I just knew from the very first moment I met you that you were the man for me. Me is nice. Hey there, Theo. Have you seen Wednesday? Wednesday's nice. I mean, what? Wally, have you seen Wednesday? That's what I was asking you. Theo, Mr. Clemens wanted the crocodile's story on his desk this morning. Well, that's fine. You type it up and let me look it over before we give it to him, and then we'll go to lunch. I could do that, but it's so much more fun when we do things together. You know, close together. (laughs) See ya, Wally. What is going on? Rockwell! Morning! No, Winchell, it's you. Where are Rockwell and Morning? Theo's with Trina. Well, then he's going to be useless. I need that lizard in the sewer story ASAP. And whatever other attributes Tina Love may have, speed ain't one of them. Really? Seems awfully fast to me. What? Nothing. And where's Morning? Haven't seen her, Mr. Clemens. Good thing we're not trying to do anything productive like run a paper. Anything I can do? (sighs) Well, it won't be the same, but... Get out there and get me a story! Yes, sir! And I think I've got a doozy. We'll return to Throwing Shade, Rules of Engagement, in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Friends, are you tired of breakfast foods that require a lot of preparation? that take more time to make than they do to eat? Then look no further than Manko Flakes from Generic Mills. All you have to do is pour, add milk, and voila, breakfast! In all honesty, you don't even have to add milk. 
it doesn't change the taste one bit. Heck, why even pour? Eat it straight from the box. We don't care. We're just glad you're giving your money to us. So buy Manko Flakes and revel in every morning being a lazy one. And now, a few words from other important personages. Vamp, come quick. What is it, Shade? Is someone in danger? There sure is, Vamp. Businesses and theater companies across the country are falling victim to sagging sales and empty seats. We're facing an economic catastrophe worse than the last economic catastrophe. <gasps> oh no! We have to do something! We should take to the streets, find clues, interrogate suspects! Sell advertising! Wait! Sell! What? Businesses and theater companies can buy ad space with us, Vamp, on Throwing Shade. They'll reach thousands of discerning, law and order loving... Comedy starved! Comedy starved listeners from coast to coast! understand they can listen to us on something called a podcast. Yes, that's true. You can hear us wherever these podcasts are broadcast. What does a podcast mean, Shade? I haven't the faintest idea. Maybe throwing peas? <gasps> Maybe that's the world peas I keep hearing everyone striving for. I'm ignoring that. Mm. It sounds like advertising with us could rescue these businesses and theater companies. And save their bottom line. The rates are incredibly affordable. Well, there is a depression. Really? I'm quite happy. Get in touch with Eclectic Full Contact Theater at info at eclectic-theater.com. Say goodnight, Shade. Goodnight, Shade. And now, back to our story. Act 4, Scene 1. Restaurant Confidential. The conspiracies get even more conspiry. Later that day, at a small local restaurant frequented by newspapermen and their typists, Wednesday morning sat at a corner table with Marlowe Spillane. I have to admit, Wednesday, while I'm happy you called me and asked me to meet you here, I'm a bit surprised. I know I said I wanted to take it slow, but I've changed my mind. I'm jumping in head first. Take the plunge. You mean it? I'm so happy. And I hope you're not just talking about the job. Marlo Spillane took her hand in his, and Wednesday wasn't so sure she was just talking about the job. I promise you'll love it. I'm sure I will. I just know this is going to be the beginning of a wonderful relationship in so many ways. I... Totally agree, Dimple. I mean, Marlowe. As this was happening, at a table across the way, Theo was sitting down with Trina. Thanks so much for all your help this morning. My pleasure. I'm here to help. Feel free to call on me for anything. Really? Anything? Well... I mean, that is, when I, when I said, I, 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 I meant, is it hot in here? Let's talk about us. Us. Trina leaned over the table toward Theo. Surely you can feel the chemistry. I don't know. I flunked chemistry. Believe me, you are an A student in my book. How about some extra credit? Oh, my, I... As Theo hemmed, hawed, and otherwise sputtered, he happened to notice someone across the restaurant. Wednesday! Hearing her name, Wednesday looked up and saw... Theo! They both began to get up. 
much to the consternation of their dining companions. Don't look, look at, at her! Him. Look, look at, at me. me! Theo and Wednesday were both pulled down into their chairs and engaged in a vigorous lip-lock by both their respective companions. Woo! This is getting a little too steamy for me. We're gonna have the production code administration in here in a minute. At least one foot on the ground at all times. Thankfully, for those of us with delicate sensibilities, at that moment, there was some rather unusual rustling going on in the bushes outside the restaurant. And passers-by might have heard two exclamations of joy emanating from the foliage. Ich, Gavin. Mission accomplished. Followed by a confused exclamation a few seconds later. Huh? Peeking out from behind two different bushes, each holding binoculars were... Colonel! That Rockwell woman. What, what are, are you, you doing, doing here? I'm here making sure my plan to keep my daughter from marrying Rockwell is working. I'm here making sure my plan to keep my son from marrying your daughter is working. Wait, what do you mean your plan? I don't need your meddling. My operative has everything under control. What? That floozies with you? Best counterintelligence asset I have. Made sure she got a job on the paper. Rest takes care of itself. Rockwell is putty in her hands. How dare you meddle in my son's life? That's my job. A job that I am doing very well, thank you. Wednesday's entirely smitten. You are the reason that slab of beef in his suit is making eyes at my wedding. He's my cousin's son, and he's much more than a slab of beef. He has a dimple. I stand corrected. Wait, I just realized. We're two diametrically opposed single parents who have gone to comically extreme lengths to keep our children from falling in love. Do you know what this means? Oh, you can't be serious. You're, You're going, going to, to ruin, ruin my plan. plan. Oh, thank goodness. As the bushes continued to rustle with the argument contained therein, inside the restaurant, our heroes were finally allowed to come up for air. <gasps> I know that was forward of me. I hope you don't mind. It's fine. I just didn't realize this place served French food. I hope you didn't mind. I started with dessert first. Luckily, thanks to my heritage, I'm quite acclimated with tongue. If you'll excuse me, I need to go... Powder! Something! I'll be right back. I need to... Collect myself. Our flustered heroes got up and rushed toward the restrooms, which meant they fortuitously ran into each other. Ooh, and a waiter. Wednesday! What, what were you, you doing, doing kissing, kissing her? I, I wasn't, wasn't kissing, kissing her! her. He she was, was kissing me! What? Stop talking, talking while I'm talking! Fizzy Whizzle! What? I figured I had to say something totally unexpected or we'd be stuck like that for hours. Now who is that guy? That's Marlo Spillane, a private investigator and my new partner. What? You're leaving? Why not? 
What do I have to stay for? Getting pushed out by Trina Love and having to deal with my father running my life because it's impossible for you and I to work together without everyone thinking we're an item? No, thank you. It's time I moved on. Besides, I doubt you'd miss me. What? Of course I would. I didn't ask for Trina to get assigned to me. Besides, who else am I going to, you know, with? It's precisely because people think you and I, you know, that we're in this mess. Come on, Wednesday. You really think Trina is going to leap across rooftops with me? If she tried, she'd have two black eyes. And I can't imagine that guy would ever tell a joke worthy of your typewriter. But he's got a dimple. You really need to see somebody about this dimple obsession of yours. Meanwhile... Hello. Is this seat taken? Well, I'm with someone. But you'll do as a replacement until he comes back. Thank you. I couldn't help noticing you from across the room. You have incredible... eyes. Why, thank you. That's quite the dimple. I'm Trina Love, and you are... Marlowe Spillane, Private Eye. I'm with someone as well, but nothing says we can't pass the time. I like the way you think, Dimple. Just as it seemed our co-conspirators were about to get cozy, chaos erupted as Golda and the Colonel stormed into the restaurant. What in the name of Lafayette are you doing? You've taken your eyes off the objective. Marlo, what are you doing talking to this woman? You're supposed to be keeping that typewriter with legs away from my son. I'm sorry, Aunt Golda. I'm, I'm doing my best, but she uses a lot of big words and I don't understand. Apologies, Colonel. I know I should have sent him away, but he's got a dimple. I will never understand women. I'm appalled. Appalled. Do you hear me? I'm pretty sure everyone hears you. I am not speaking to you, young lady. I am speaking to this ungrateful relative of mine who can't stick to a plan, even though it's finally getting him a business partner and a girlfriend. Auntie Golda! Don't speak, Dimple. I expect this kind of mess up from a civilian, but I had higher hopes for you, love. Keep the Nimrod busy, I said. Keep him interested, I said. How hard is that? The argument had reached such a fever pitch that nobody noticed two people approach the group. Until it was too late. You, you did, did what? Now, now don't, don't start, start that, that again. again! The four conspirators spun around and found themselves face to face with Theodore Rockwell and Wednesday morning. Mayday. Act 4, Scene 2. Cupid's had one too many. Things get worked out. More or less. Scant moments later, after beans had been spilled and details given... Ma, I can't believe you had Cousin Bertha's son pretend to be interested in Wednesday. I did it for you. And I'd just like to say... Shut, shut up, up Dimple. Dimple! Dad, how could you... Using a spy to turn Theo's head? I only want what's best for you, Weddy. And he's not unattractive. I'll try to take that as a compliment. I just don't want to see you make a mistake. For the last time, Ma, Wednesday and I aren't dating. We work together. And we like each other. We're friends. Men can't be friends with women. That's fraternizing with the enemy. 
As much as I hate to agree with old Olive Drab over here, he's right. It's not natural. Well, it's the way it is. I can't believe I was about to throw away a great partnership because you two can't mind your own business. Colonel, Ma, I really have to put my foot down here. You have to stop this meddling. Even if we were romantically interested in each other. Which we're not. Right. But even if we were Which we're not. No, we aren't. But if we were... But we're... They get the point, Wednesday. Even if we were, it's our decision, not yours. You have to trust that you raised us well enough to make those decisions on our own and not need you to save the day. Which you did. You're good parents. Today's overwhelming evidence to the contrary, notwithstanding. We can handle our own lives. Fine. Far be it from me to butt in where I'm not wanted. Do what you want. You won't hear anything from me. I'll just go sit in a corner somewhere and not say anything. I'm not the type of person to force my opinions on people. I'll just... Ma! Fine. You're a grown man. Do what you want. Live your life. But call me, would you? I worry. I will, Ma. Come on, Marlo. Back to New Jersey. Actually, I think I'm going to stay here. I think I found the perfect partner for my PI business. What? Trina? You're deserting? Sorry, Colonel, but Marlowe needs me. He looks the part, but he's apparently a lousy detective. I once spent half an hour looking for my house keys. I was holding them. I, on the other hand, am an excellent investigator and undercover asset. So for once, someone else gets to be the pretty one. But... Goodbye, Colonel. Goodbye. Theo, I'm sorry. You really are a good guy. Wednesday's lucky to have you. Sorry, Wednesday. I hope Theo realizes what a great gal you are. Hey, can I call you sometime? Seriously? I'm standing right here. Sorry, it was the dimple talking. So long! Well, Dad? Can you get it through that thick military head of yours that I don't need taken care of? I surrender. You seem to have a good head on your shoulders, so I'll try to trust you more. All right. I'm leaving. I'm starving, and all the bread here is leavened. Want to grab a bite together on the way to the airport? Not on your life. Goodbye, Theo. Advent. She's really starting to stretch for those. Goodbye, Weddy. Be good. And Rockwell. Yes, sir? Don't do anything to make me have to come back here. Yes, sir. I mean, no, sir. I mean, is it hot in here? So? So? Do you want to talk about it? For once, Theo, I think I'm going to take a page from your book. Let's ignore that this ever happened and never speak of it again. I like the way you think, Miss Morning. Why, thank you, Mr. Rockwell. Shall we have some lunch? Yes, please. I'm famished. What'll you have? Anything but pizza. Act 4, Scene 3. Loose Ends. Get tied up. Kind of. Sort of. Not really. A few hours later, at the offices of the Chicago Gazette Times Herald... Wally Winchell approached our returning heroes. Theo, Wednesday, I figured out what your parents are up to. Uh, Wally, we... Uh... I did some digging on Trina and Marlowe. 
Turns out she works for the military, and he's from New Jersey! Uh, yeah, Wally, we... So then, I cross-reference them with your parents, and bingo! Your parents are using them to separate you two by having them pretend to be interested in you romantically! We, we know. know! You do? Yeah, we just caught him red-handed at lunch. And? Everything's back to normal. Oh. Well, good. You two really belong together. Thanks, Wally, but we don't really- I mean, it's not very often you see two people who work so well together and understand each other, support each other. Oh, Lord. I'm gonna die alone. Wally, are you okay? What? Who? Me? Fine. <laughs> I'm great. Well, back to joke a day. Rockwell! Morning! Oh, there you are. Nice to see you could make it, Morning. Wouldn't miss it, Mr. Clemens. Rockwell, where's Trina? I believe she's moved on to other opportunities. She quit. Great Caesar salad! She never got me that crocodile story! That's the problem with you young people these days. No work ethic. Now what do I do? Um, Mr. Clemens? What do you want, Winchell? I, um, have a story. Is it about Europe? Um, yes. For the last time! Chief, it might be a good idea. After all, a story about Europe is better than no story at all. All right, Winchell. You can write your Europe story just this one time. Mr. Clemens, it might be a good idea to make that a regular thing. Wally's got some good instincts. Are you crackers? Nobody cares about Europe. It's full of foreigners. Well, think about it, Chief. Nobody else is doing it. We'd stand out like a prestige paper. Prestige, huh? All right. You get one very small column, Winchell. Got it? Thanks, Chief. And don't call me Chief. Great idea, Wednesday. Great idea, Rockwell. Yep. Everything's back to normal. Now quit your gold bricking. Get out there and get me a story. Well, you heard the man. Shall we... You know, Miss Morning? Let's, Mr. Rockwell. Throwing Shade is brought to you by Chicago's premier storefront theater company. Eclectic Full Contact Theater, announcing the Chicago premiere of David J. Lower's The Rough Guide to the Underworld. What fresh hell is this? It's a travelogue like you've never seen. Mash up a Ken Burns documentary with scenes cribbed from Sorkin and Mamet. Add commentary from Virgil, Dante, and Twain. Infuse it with high-proof music and video. Then, blend until frothy and hang on tight. You're taking a ridiculous ride through everyone's favorite mythical anti-destination. Runs May 5th through June 6th, 2020 at the Athenaeum Theater, 2936 North Southport Avenue. Check out all the info at eclectic-theater.com. Tickets on sale soon. Loyal listeners get a special discount. Use the code WEDNESDAY and get up to 50% off your tickets. 
EFCT is irreverent. EFCT is unique. EFCT is theater. This has been Throwing Shade, brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater and sponsored by Generic Mills Mango Flakes. Created by Sarah Siegel and Andrew Pond. Written by Andrew Pond. Starring the voice talents of Jessica Lauren Fisher, Reed Henry, Daniel Houle, Serena Johnston, Noelle Pleiss, Lily Lalios, Hannah Luthringer, and Andrew Pond. Our Foley artist is Lori Iyer. Our engineer is Daniel Houle. And I'm your narrator, Noelle Pleiss. Special thanks to Tina, Tina Salamone. Tune in next week. Same shade time, same shade station. Hello, everyone. I'm Andrew Pond, and I'd like to thank you for listening to Eclectic Full Contact Theater's Throwing Shade. It's been a whirlwind two seasons, and all of us here at Throwing Shade are tired. So, so very tired. And so, while our crack team of me works on season three, Throwing Shade is taking a short break. However, we are not disappearing. In the interim, we'll be uploading mini-sodes, cast interviews, and the like. And for even more of that behind-the-scenes content, as well as fashionable swag, head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com EFCT and subscribe. You'll get to hear exclusive outtakes, deep dives, watch video of rehearsals and recording sessions, and more. And did I mention the swag? Oh, there's swag. So thank you for listening. And if you love Throwing Shade, tell your friends. If you don't, well, you're probably not hearing this. So never mind. Check out all the special episodes coming up and see you soon in Season 3.